0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are recapping all the NBA action from Thursday, October 27th, 2022. A four-game slate, which is always great for me. Easier instead of the nine or ten-game slates of usual. But last night, the Thunders took on the Clippers, Grizzlies, Kings, Mavericks, Nets, and Warriors Heat. Some great NBA basketball, some overtime games. Game that came down to the wire. We'd love to see it. And we're going to get into all that and more right here, right now. Don't touch that dial. Coming to you right now. First game up on the four-game slate for Thursday. The Thunder versus the Clippers. The Thunder were victorious. Second straight win for the Oklahoma State Thunder. A little bit of a hot streak for them. 118-110 against the Clippers. Once again, Kawhi Leonard did not play in this game. Just like in the game prior. And the only difference is Paul George played, but looks like it didn't really matter. As OKC was victorious, the game was highlighted by gilgeous Alexander. 24 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 10 of 23, 2 of 4 from three point reigns, along with Lou Dort. Lou Gwentz Dort, man. 21 points, 4 assists, 9 of 15. Sort of his breakout game. He was struggling early on in the season, but by all accounts, he's a very hard worker. We all understand he's a defensive minded player, but he's improving offensively, and that's what you need. And again, this OKC team is young. They have lots of potential, especially once they get Chet Holmgren back in. Most likely, they will be at the bottom of the West, so potentially get Victor Wimbenyama or Scoot Henderson to pair along. It'll be interesting to see if they do end up getting like the second pick. Obviously, Victor is off the board. Would they consider trading a guy like with Alexander, moving him, getting another veteran player, or maybe just keeping him, putting Scoot at the two? How them play off each other, it's so interesting because, like, even without having him on the floor, Shayla Alexander usually joke Josh Giddy. He didn't play last night, but Josh Giddy's another guy that can create offense. They have so many offense initiators on this team, Trey Man as well, Aaron Wiggins, a bunch of dudes that can get their own shot. Alec, Alex Pokusevski, another guy who can create his own shot in space. Isaiah Joe from over from Philly. These guys got some real ball players here. They're just young. They got to get time to develop. But got the win last night. That's the most important thing. For the Clippers, you had Paul George coming back from his unspecified illness, non-COVID-related illness. That's what they wanted to tell us. So we'll go with that. 10 points. 4 of 12, all 4. Rather anemic shooting night for Paul George. But, again, it's one game against the Thunder. What are you going to do? Uh, Reggie Jackson showed up. 18 points, four assists. He did not do that last game. John Wall, 17 points, six assists, six to 12 off the bench. That's what we love to see from John Wall, the resurgence, bringing him back to his Wizards days. Next game up on the slate, Grizzlies versus the Kings. It was Memphis moving to 4-1 on the year with the victory, 125 to 110. Sacramento going to 0-4, one of the four, one of the three winless teams. In this young NBA season, along with the Orlando Magic and the Los Angeles Lakers. For Memphis, they took care of business, you know, doing what they were supposed to do as a potential Western Conference Finals contender. They did what they were supposed to do against the bottom feeder in the Sacramento Kings. John Morant ended the game with 22 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. 8 of 18 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3 point range. Desmond Bain, another hot shooting night for him. 31 points. 11 of 18, 6 of 8. This is what Memphis is looking for. They they just need that one other dude. We all know Jock had drop 30-plus any given night, but when you have another co-star, especially in that backcourt of Desmond Bain, early in the season he was struggling. Last game against the Brooklyn Nets that he played, he went off for 37 points, if I'm not mistaken. Big night shooting for him. And now that he has his legs under him, he's able to get those three-pointers up. He's always getting open looks. But now he's able to get them off, make them, and setback jumper as well. He's a, such a brolic big guy. For, he's only like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but he's just built like he's supposed to be on a football field. So credit to him for getting out of that shooting slump. He also has seven dudes on in total for Memphis in double digits. Brandon Clark off the bench with 16. Jake LaRavia, 13 points. Three or four from three-point range. Tyus Jones with 14. Steven Adams, 12-11. and Dylan Brooks back from injury, 11 points. This Grizzlies team, one of the deeper teams in the league, one of the best benches in the league. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. But on the other hand, we have the Sacramento Kings, who are 0-4. But again, they got some talent. They have some talent in the starting lineup. De'Aaron Fox averaging 31 points and 6 assists. Shooting 42% from three-point range, that has always been his indictment on his skill set. He was always a blur on the on the court, going back to his days with John Calipari in Kentucky. He's always super speedy, quick, can get down the court in a hurry, get to the paint, finish. All the things that you would want out of a point guard. Very John Wall-like in that regard. The only thing, similar to John Wall in his career, he couldn't shoot the three-ball at a consistent rate. Now that he's shooting 42% on over seven attempts a game. If I'm not mistaken, I'll double check that. But I believe over seven attempts a game for Darren Fox, that's great. That's big for a guard that has always been able to score, but never really been able to shoot. And that has been an impediment in his career to success. Now, if he is able to do this on a night and night out basis, the Kings are going to be in a lot more games than they were last year. But I think they were happy to not win as many games as they ultimately did lose most of them because they were able to get a top pick and Keegan Murray, who is my Rookie of the Year pick, despite Paolo Bancaro putting up 20-plus points for the last four or five games that he's played. I still have faith in Keegan. Keegan finally got promoted to the starting lineup, doing more of the same. 18.6 rebounds, 7-15 from the field, 3-8 of 8 from three-point range. Just a consummate pro veteran only in mindset, I mean, excuse me, rookie only in age, veteran in mindset and skill. He can do it all. 18 points for him. Harrison Barnes in 20. The Namontis Sabonis had 11. He's sort of not doing what I thought he would do, honestly. 11 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. This is the dude who was an all-star back in Indiana who would average near a double-double and have five-plus assists. He's not doing what he used to do. I'm curious to see how that will translate and continue to unfold as the season goes along because he's a dude that was a top power forward in the league but now not so much we'll have to see if that's a trend or if he'll go back to his all-star foreman off the bench malik monk another kentucky dude 15 points a lot of kentucky dudes in the league man need some more syracuse dudes in the league that's just me um next up the dallas mavericks took on the brooklyn nets and Dallas was victorious as Luka Dontich, man. Luka Dontich recorded a 40 point triple double and was, was responsible for over 80 points for the Dallas Mavericks. He had 41 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds, three steals as well. Give him props. Defensively, he's getting it done too. 14 and 28 from the field, 2 of 6 from three point range, 11 of 13. This man. Stat sheet, sh- sh- whoa, tongue right there. Sat, sheet stuffer, like none other in the league right now. He got to done all fastest in the game. Very much a heliocentric type of offense when you consider how everything starts and ends with Luka Doncic. Early in the game, especially, he was getting whatever he wanted. He would post up the smaller Brooklyn guards and Kyrie Irving and Patty Mills, and from there he would either get to the basket and score, or he'd kick it out to a wide open shooter and. Their shooters were shooting. <laughs> the shooters were knocking down shots. Maxi Kleber, 15 points, four, 3 of 4 from 3-point range. Tim Hardaway Jr., 18 points, 4 of 8. Christian Wood had a quiet game in perspective when you think of he's been averaging over 20 points per game off the bench. About 11 points, three, me, 2 of 2 from 3-point range. And then Josh Green, 3 of 3 from 3-point range for 10 points. Spencer he also chipped in three of five from three-point range for 11 points. This Dallas Mavericks team is full of shooters. Defensively, this was probably their poorest performance of the year. Last year, they were a top-two team. They were in the top five this year, despite this performance giving up 125 points to Brooklyn. And on the Brooklyn side, it was a close one, man. Kyrie Irving, 39 points. Four assists, seven rebounds, 14 of 31 from the field, five of 14 from three. A little shaky there. Kevin Durant, 37 points, 12 of 21, 205, 11 of 11. You're getting the offensive production you need, okay? The, the offense has never been the issue during this Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving tenure in Brooklyn. The problem has been defense, and we thought that getting Ben Simmons would help. Ben Simmons on the night. Seven points, eight rebounds, four assists, three steals. Three steals are always good. Zero blocks. He played the five some. Didn't get any blocks. Um, Deterred people to an extent, but at certain points, they were actually targeting Ben Simmons in the pick and roll, which is something that never would have happened in Philadelphia. Definitely something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. If this excuse me, if this Brooklyn Nets team wants to do anything in the Eastern Conference, they're one and four, as opposed to their counterparts over in Manhattan, the Knicks, that are three and one. They play defense in in the Knicks with the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau. The Nets don't play any sort of defense. And you can't win like that, no matter how many points you can put up. If you allow your opponent to put up points, they're gonna do it. They're NBA players too. They got stars. And for the best teams in the conference and the NBA as a whole, they're going to defend. Milwaukee's going to defend. Boston is going to defend. I can't say Philadelphia because they haven't been defending on a high clip, but Miami, they can defend. Over in the Western Conference, Dallas, a top five defense last year, trending to be a top five defense this year. The Suns, they defend and can score at a high clip. The Warriors, despite not doing the best defensive job this year, I'm sure they'll get it together knowing the coaching staff, knowing what they can do, their track record. And offensively, we know they can score in a hurry. They defend. You can't win in the NBA if you're not a great defensive team. No matter how spectacular you are offensively, you cannot get it done at the highest level if you cannot defend And that's something that Brooklyn is going to have to take into consideration as they go along this season. Whether it is make some trades. I'm not sure what they could do. Free agent acquisition, maybe. But they're going to have to step it up defensively if they want any chance of getting out this loaded Eastern Conference. The final game of this four-game slate, the Warriors took on the Miami Heat. And the Warriors were able to defeat them over 500, and it was their best defensive game of the year. We talked about their defensive struggles. Before this game, they were dead last in the league in defensive rating. Now, at the 27th, they held the, the Miami Heat to 110. That's the best defensive performance by far of this year for the Warriors, who were routinely letting people score in the 120s, high 120s. So, a great improvement for the Golden State Warriors. Of course, like I mentioned, they could score with the best of them. Seth Curry scored that. 33 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. People underrate his rebounding skill a lot. Seth is a great rebounder for a guard. A great rebounder. But, yeah, again, 33 points. 13 of 22 from the field. 7 of 14 from 3. Clay chipped to 19. Wiggins tipped in 18, 10 boards, 5 of 10, 2 of 5 and 3. Andrew Wiggins, one of the, the best role players in the entire NBA. I think that's safe to say. He's consistently giving you 16, 17 plus. Great defense, rebounding. He passed the ball. He can do no wrong. And one of the best role players in the league. Can fit on any team. A championship contender would love to have him as a starting forward. He can guard the best player, he'll give you offense. What can't you get from Andrew Wiggins, man? Draymond Chinton, 10 points, 7 boards, 4 assists. Off the bench, Wiseman had 10 and 6. Jordan Poole had 11 and 7. Overall great effort and again, it was defensively. Despite Jimmy Butler having 27, 8 and 6, 6 steals to go along with that. That's really impressive. 8 of 13, 4 of 7 from 3, and bam out of bio, 26 and 8, on 10 to 13 shooting. They kept them relatively in check. The Warriors did, kept the heat in check. And that's all you can ask for. Their defense will have to improve as the season goes on. It is early. And what we've seen from the Warriors in the over the last ten years, historically they usually keep their opponents within the one hundred to one ten range. That's the formula of success for the Warriors defense. And I have no reason to believe otherwise that they'll be able to get that done. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. A little shorter than usual. I think the four game slate made it so it's not the the nine or ten game slate, it's not twenty or thirty minutes. But you know, shorter podcast is good sometimes, man. Um thank you once more for watching, listening. Please make sure to rate five stars, share with family and friends, leave a review if you so choose. And we're going to keep bumping out these episodes, man. It's almost November. I'm really excited for the Christmas day games. I'm working on a little project, seeing what we can get done for the Christmas time, a Christmas special. That would be awesome if I can make that happen. And I fully intend to do so. So stay tuned for that. But We had a whole month of November to go before we get to that point. Some great basketball, some great matchups. NBA, one of the best leagues in the world, man. I'm so grateful to be able to cover on a daily basis. Until next time, guys, take care.